0: Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Testimonies continue to pour in about how God is using the Mideast prophecy updates. Today, Pastor J.D. shares with us a touching story and a prayer request from a listener. It's exciting to know that God's kingdom is being expanded. As you listen, pray about who you might be able to share this message with. It's possible through the mobile app. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 29, 2018.
1: Palestinian President, so-called Mahmoud Abbas, who, according to Jews' news, in response to the newly enacted Jewish Nation State Law passed by the Israeli Knesset, declared that the city of Jerusalem shall be the everlasting capital of the state of Palestine. And that, get this, no peace or security, peace security, will prevail unless the city remains as such. In a statement he said, the new law will not change the historical situation of Jerusalem as the capital of the occupied state, occupied state of Palestine, and will not discourage our people from their legitimate struggle, (laughs) Mein Kampf, to defeat the occupation and establish their independent state. He affirmed that the right of the Palestinian people to return to their land, their land, Is a sacred and unshakable right guaranteed by international law, foremost of which is resolution 194, which affirmed the right of the return of Palestinian refugees to their homes. Here's the big deal. Christians believe it. Illiterate, biblically Christians by hook, line, and sinker this propaganda. This lie. By the way, let me uh, see if I can at least set the record straight on this so-called Palestinian refugee lie. My parents immigrated legally to the United States of America in 1963 to flee Islam back then in the Middle East. They come here, they get their citizenship, proudest day of their lives, Uh, and then they begin to sponsor uh, many of their uh, family, sisters, my aunts, uh, brothers, my uncles, their parents, my grandparents, into the United States. Now, my mom's mom, my grandmother, was actually born in Nazareth, pre-statehood, in Israel, and They, my so-called Palestinian family, left Israel, not as refugees, but of their own volition to Jordan. They were not kicked out. They were not removed. They were not forced out of their homes as refugees. They left of their own volition. And by the way, let me say that the Arabs, and I say Arabs deliberately, in Israel today would rather be with the Jew than their own people. And so this is just a lie. I don't know how else to... Say it. These are all lies from the father of lies, and the purpose of these lies is to distort the truth of God's word. Here's the truth. The land belongs to Israel. Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel, and God has an everlasting covenant with Israel. And as such, God has a prophetic and redemptive plan for Israel, which will be fulfilled after the rapture, which takes place before the seven-year tribulation. That's the truth. That's the truth. And you'd be hard-pressed, to proclaim that truth in a world today that is believing the lie. Interesting. Second Thessalonians chapter two, the apostle Paul said because they've rejected the truth, they'll believe the lie. God himself will send this powerful delusion, this strong delusion. Why? Because they've rejected the truth. I've heard it said this way when you reject the truth, you open yourself up to the most bizarre of lies. When you reject the truth. And this is the truth. Here's where I'm going with all of this we have the truth, right? And we have the answer. Right? And we have the hope. Now here's the question, and I'm not... Please, the Lord knows my heart. I'm not trying to get up in your grill. I'm not trying to get in your face. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. But I do have to ask this question. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to bury it? Are we going to hide the light under a basket? Or are we instead going to give an answer to everyone for the reason we have this hope? What are we afraid of? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what they might think of me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Do you know what they really think about you already? I mean, is it that we're afraid that they're going to reject us and not like us? You know, you've probably heard many liken this to having the cure for cancer but not sharing it. Here we have the cure for the cancer of sin, and we're not sharing it. Jesus is the cure. Jesus is the answer. Not just for the world globally, but for all of us individually, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I happened upon an interesting article in the Washington Times, of all places. It was in the family uh, faith uh, section of the uh, publication. But it was about how the Bible remains a fixture in American culture and lifestyle. This, according to the State of the Bible report, which is an annual poll conducted by the Barna Group. Listen to this. The results show that despite shifting cultural trends, Americans still read the word, and it remains a powerful, transformative tool in their life. Two-thirds of Americans express at least, and I want you to listen very carefully to this, some curiosity to know more about what the Bible says. Oh. A similar number of adults, 63%, are interested in knowing more about who Jesus Christ is, the survey said. Just over half of adults Who use the Bible in the past week, 53% say they give a lot of thought to how it might apply to their lives. Oh my goodness. Did you hear that? They're curious. They're, they're asking questions. They want to know more. Who's going to tell them more? Who's going to answer their, their questions, their curiosity? I share this for two reasons. First, I think we do err greatly in underestimating the power of God's word. You know, all we have to do is broadcast the seed. The soil upon which it falls is not our responsibility. That's between them and the Lord. Some of it's going to fall on good soil. Some of it's going to fall on not good soil but we're to broadcast the seed as the farmer broadcasts the seed and the problem is we're, we 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 underestimate the power of one seed planted the second reason is as i just mentioned people are feeling hopeless and they're looking for hope They're looking for answers. And we as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ have the answer. My hope is, and again, the Lord knows my heart. Man, this morning I just, before the Lord was saying to the Lord, please, I mean, how do I convey this that you've put on my heart? to your people. And my prayer is, my hope is, is that the takeaway from today's update is, and this is maybe very simple, but we need to share Jesus with others. And we need to share Jesus with others while there's still time, because there's not much time. Is that simple enough? So again, I guess if you hear nothing else that I have said today, please hear this. While there's still time, we need to share Jesus with people who are looking for hope because Jesus is the only hope. If you'll just... Indulge me for a a bit longer. I want to share something that I think will really encourage you, especially as it relates to sharing Jesus with other people. You see it there on the screen, and it's a blog written by Justin Lucero, who is a pastor in Japan. In the mid-80s, he writes, a man named Timothy Kim Harris... Known simply as Kim, a mechanic in Hawaii, who was going through his own share of hardships, shared the gospel with one of his co workers and led that man to Christ. His co worker was also going through difficulties in his marriage, but through the grace of God, the co worker's life was changed. His wife was saved, their marriage was saved and their third child was born soon after, and many of their family members were saved. The co-worker's name was Fred. Fred and his wife, Karen, pictured here, raised their children to love and serve the Lord, always bringing them to church, teaching the Bible at home, praying together, and always doing things with the church family and relatives. The oldest son was a good kid, but soon became the prodigal son, doing many terrible things. But because he was raised in the ways of the Lord and believed in him since childhood, the Lord didn't let him go. Boy, is that not our Ephesians teaching right there, huh? Instead, he safely brought the wayward son back home where he belongs. That son started serving in youth ministry, and eventually became a missionary in Japan and is now in the midst of planting a church. Fred and Karen are my parents, and I am the prodigal son, pictured here with his wife. Over 30 years ago, Kim shared the gospel with my dad, and they lost touch. Both always wondered what happened to each other. Kim went to heaven on July 14th. My parents were watching their old pastor. (laughs) That would be me, old and a pastor. (laughs) I don't think that's what he meant, but oh well. I needed to insert some levity there. They were watching their old pastor from Hawaii preach online, and they realized that the guy the pastor was talking about was the same guy that led my dad to Christ. So they contacted Pastor J.D., and was able to share the story with the family at his funeral. I wish he could have known, was the thoughts that both sides had, but I'm sure he knows now. And we'll get to meet him one day in heaven as well. If his family ever gets a chance to read this blog, I just want to tell them that I am so thankful that Kim led my dad to Christ because through that more people were led to Christ, including me. And I have led people to Christ, because through that more people were led to Christ, including me. And now a Japanese church was just planted this February as a result of Kim's love for my dad, which came from his love for Christ. Kim's fruit of personal evangelism will continue just as he was the fruit of someone else who was the fruit of someone else. The sharing of the gospel to my dad was a simple act of love that went a long way and is still going. By the way, I Paula, who's here, I had her permission to share this. He goes on to write, Our prayer as a new church is that we will see fruit like this from each and every person. We never know how our small efforts can change this world. So do things faithfully because God will multiply our little efforts into God-sized fruit. I like that. So that God will receive all the glory. Also, for those reading, please pray for my dad. His health is not so great and he will need very special care. I am a fruit of my dad's personal evangelism to our family. I am thankful to him as my dad, but also as a person who taught me how to leave my family as a Christian husband and father. And I am hoping and praying that my dad's best and healthiest days are still yet to come. Will you join me in prayer for him? A simple act of love can go a long way, and prayer is definitely an act of love. Love and aloha, Justin. Maybe it goes without saying, but this is why at the end of every update we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never know. You never know. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and is coming back one day. We don't know the hour or the day, but we can know Jesus in a saving way, so that on that day, when He comes, we'll be ready. That's the good news, which is what the word gospel means. I want to share lastly the ABCs of salvation. This is very simply how to be saved in the form of an acrostic, with the A being for admit that you're a sinner or acknowledge your sin and your need for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again, Jesus said, to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. And here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved and then Romans 10:13 it says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Loving Heavenly Father, how is it possible for us to thank you enough for the free gift of eternal life paid for in full by your only begotten Son because of your love for us in the world? Lord, thank you that whosoever would believe on him, call upon him that they would not perish in hell for all eternity, but have everlasting life with you in heaven. Lord, I pray for anyone who has never called upon you that today would be the day of their salvation, that you have brought them to this moment, this time, this day. And for those of us, Lord, who are saved, do know you, have been walking with you, and love you and serve you, I pray that we would not be ashamed of the gospel. Forgive us for being embarrassed to share the gospel. Lord, I pray that we would be numbered amongst those of whom it could be said that they have given an answer to everyone who has asked about that hope
0: that is in them. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, That you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the Savior of the world. He gave his own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please. If you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InspiritandTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InspiritandTruthRadio.com. In the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.